0: And we are live here on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. What's up, guys? Nick Scrip on the P2W Fantasy Podcast doing a Week 16 recap. So we just had the majority of the games in the Fantasy Semifinals this past week. A lot of ups and downs, some surprises. It's been a wild run, to say the least, especially with all of the injuries and the COVID-related news. Uh, what I thought I'd do today, I have some time uh, off from work, but... We are still in uh, quarantine here uh, at the at the household. Um, just making the most of it and uh, have some time today. So I figure I go through each of the, the teams that played in week 16 so far and uh, give you some quick hitter notes from each team. Something that might have stood out to me or I noticed or I think is important moving forward, uh, especially for you guys that are still in the fantasy playoffs, hoping to win some championships. So we do have one game left tonight. And I know a lot of people... This game is uh, going to let you know if you are in that championship or not. Uh, but we'll recap pretty much everybody else here. Um, team by team, I have a slide up here. I'm all creative now. i got the studio up and going. Uh, stick with me. We're going to go through every single team and some notes on each of them. Uh, I played the win. No fear to give I feel what I can't forgive. I go out in this time, yeah. I won't regret I'll pick the best on trip. They don't understand. I play the win. Yeah, I play the win, I play the win. Yeah, yeah, play the win, I play the win. play the win, I play the win. Yeah, yeah, play the win, I play the win. Alright, so if you are tuning in right now, as I said before, uh going through each of the teams that played in week sixteen. I'm all creative now. I have a monitor, so I'm like really, really uh updated here um, ahead of the game. So we'll go through each team. Just some quick notes and uh, should be a good show here. Uh, try to run through things fairly, fairly quick here. All right. So looking at the Arizona Cardinals, something that stood out to me. I'm going to say Zach Ertz is the biggest fantasy beneficiary, if I can spell it right, to no Hopkins. So for Zach Gertz, uh, both him and Christian Kirk have been seeing some good targets the last two weeks. Now that we know that Deandre Hopkins is out of the picture. will actually fits fix uh Zach Gertz's name. And if you're tuning into the podcast, Version. Uh, You can check this out on YouTube, but I have a a screen going just with some of my notes here. Um, But Zach Ertz, twenty-three targets the last two games. That is huge. Seeing the consistency of eleven and thirteen, so two games above ten targets in a row now. I think that's big for you if you are playing him for the fantasy championship because we know that the tight end position is very up and down outside of the top dogs. Uh, But seeing Zach Ertz two weeks in a row now being productive with targets, he's had. 13.4 13.4 exactly the last two games, which is a, a wild bit of consistency in itself right there. Um Seeing that without a touchdown is even more of a big sign because he's having these games where he's seeing over 10 targets for one. And then for two, uh he hasn't scored in the last two games. So seeing that he scored about 13 points at another six plus the catch to a touchdown. And we're talking some big weeks there. So, Uh, Zacher stands out to me, just seeing, uh, his production and consistency the last two weeks with no Deandre Hopkins. All right. For Atlanta, got to mention the guy, the rookie, the kid, Kyle Pitts catching stride. So things are, things are looking good for Kyle Pitts right now. The last three weeks, I'd say, uh, most specifically 61 77 and 102 receiving yards. I think that displays what we should probably expect moving forward out of Kyle Pitts. He's a rookie. He's just getting his NFL reps now, but seeing these three games in a row with good receiving yards uh, is a good sign for what's to come for probably the rest of his career. He's extremely athletic. We know this, Uh, but seeing him get involved in this offense, get the yardage and get the fantasy points, that's what we like to see because we know the Falcons are not the best of offenses. Matt Ryan has not been the most consistent guy, but three three weeks of Kyle Pitts doing some uh, doing some Kyle Pitts things is good. He had 16.2 this week. He's had five straight weeks of six or seven targets, so maybe not getting the same target share as like a guy like Mark Andrews is, but seeing that he's getting the targets, he's getting the yardage, good sign for Kyle Pitts moving forward. There was weeks before where you kind of question, like, "Hey, do I do I play Pitts or do I take a shot at somebody else?" And we mentioned Mark Andrews before. We'll go right into him again. Mark Andrews continues to tight end one. So what I mean by that is this guy is going off and letting everybody know that he he is a tight end one right now. I know it was a race before between him and Travis Kelsey. Unfortunately, Travis Kelsey just missed. In this last week, but looking at the last three games for Mark Andrews, he is he is winning weeks, man. I mean, if you have your tight end slot for fantasy scoring, 28.5, 35.6, and 26.5, those scores the last three weeks give gives your team a huge cushion. So I know the tight end position has been frustrating. You know, we've had weeks where we didn't have George Kittle. We've had weeks where... Kelsey was down and now he was out this past week. We've had weeks where we've had guys, you know, go off and then they're <clears throat> completely quiet the weeks after. Uh, but seeing Mark Andrews catching stride in the fantasy playoffs is everything you want in a tight end. Eight games since the buy only two have been under 10 targets. And those two games were eight and nine targets. So the targets are there. The fantasy production is there and it doesn't really matter who's the quarterback because it's been Lamar Jackson. It's been, uh, Huntley, it's been Josh Johnson. So he's had three different guys, but he's still been productive with all three of those quarterbacks. So great sign for Mark Andrews doing tight end one stuff. I have a little bit of a question here, and I guess it really just depends on who is healthy. But looking at uh, the performance here, Isaiah McKenzie for the Buffalo Bills, is he a waiver wire pickup? That's going to be my question going into the fantasy championships, because we, we have to figure that not every league is the same sort of depth. So there's going to be leagues where people have to start a lot of guys. I just lost in a league where we have to start like 20 players. It's insane. It's, it's really deep. I'm also in, a, in a, another league that's just strictly two running backs, three wide receivers, a tight end, and a flex. So it's, it's, it's a small starting spot. But Isaiah McKenzie in this last game, He was great. I mean, 11 catches on 12 targets. So super efficient with everything he was getting. He had 125 receiving yards and a touchdown, 29.4 fantasy points operating out of the slot. Now this was without Gabriel Davis. This was also without Cole Beasley in this one. And we have to look to the prior two weeks. The prior two weeks, he only had three total targets between those two games. What's interesting is Atlanta is coming up this week. We know that's a plus matchup for wide receivers. So seeing a guy come in. With his opportunity, gets 12 targets, 125 receiving yards. He has a huge fantasy day. I would keep your eye on Isaiah McKenzie. Just I think it has to be dependent on who is there and who's not there. We've seen Emmanuel Sanders. He played, didn't do a ton, but he gets banged up pretty often. Uh, Cole Beasley was not in the mix. Gabriel Davis was not in the mix. So if they are missing guys again, we know that this is a good offense. And seeing 12 targets, I, I don't think that's the, the biggest fluke of all time, especially seeing that he caught 11 of them. All right, next one, Carolina. I need to I need to be consistent with these. So let's go Buffalo for that last part. Carolina, here's my question. Or here's maybe my statement, I guess. They need to shy away from Carolina altogether in week 16. So it's it's interesting because it's a team full of guys that have had some decent fantasy weeks. Even Robbie Anderson just had a decent week. Uh, what, what was it, two weeks ago? Cam Newton had you know some relevance. Uh, DJ Moore had a bit of a bounce back season, but, but now zero players this past week scored 12 fantasy points. The QB situation, I don't know how to approach this at all. Both Sam Darnold and Cam Newton played. Uh, I don't think that it helps anybody that we have two different guys playing because Sam Darnold, and Cam Newton are two completely different quarterbacks, and if they both are getting touches, can we really trust that the production of guys like DJ Moore is going to be there? I don't think the running backs are really playable in this system either. You know, Abdullah has seen more action. Um, Robbie Anderson has had like one or two good games all year. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not really comfortable with this offense right now. I love DJ Moore. I love DJ Moore. I think he is a phenomenal talent. He's very young first round draft pick, but this whole situation makes me a little sketchy, especially seeing like Matt rule, say something along the lines of not knowing who's going to be the starter basically, uh, or how that's going to shake out. So Carolina is a weird situation right now. And my, my, my feeling right now is, I guess it's depending on your team, but I'd have a hard time trusting anybody right now, seeing the way that this offense just operated this past week. Go to my team, Chicago bears. Got a big W with Nick Foles at quarterback. What a, what a interesting week, of course. Uh, so I'm going to say 21, 2021 playoff Monty equals 2020 playoff Monty. Dave Montgomery, the guy you can trust in this offense. You know, uh, Mooney had some nice weeks for like a three week stretch. And then things have changed. Obviously we had, uh, had Fields, had Dalton, I had Foles. Uh, Monty can be trusted. 28 total touches and seven of them were catches in this past week. That is huge for David Montgomery because if you remember, that used to not be a thing. It used to be uh, Tariq Cohen getting the, the the catches out of the backfield and Monty was capped because of that ceiling. Or his ceiling was capped because of that. 23.6 fantasy points. Even with Khalil Herbert in this one grabbing a touchdown. Good sign. So we see a couple good signs for David Montgomery. We see. Total touches is good. That's a good sign. Catches. That's a good sign. Seven of them. Huge for PPR. And then we also see that there's a nice matchup in week 17, the New York Giants. So that's a huge matchup for David Montgomery coming off a 20-plus point fantasy week. So I love the fact that he's getting the touches. I love the fact that he has a good matchup coming up. All right, we'll shift over to the Cincinnati Bengals. T. Higgins plus Joe Burrow one weeks. And then let's talk about some dynasty implications here. 43.4 fantasy points for T Higgins. I am one of the people that he saved me completely in a matchup. Uh, I, I tweeted out today. I have a five and nine team that made the playoffs because the top three teams make playoffs for this league. T Higgins score scoring 40 something points. That, that helped me big time for uh, for fantasy and for me to get into the championship for that specific league. Uh, he was awesome. He was awesome. 12 catches. Two of those catches were touchdowns. Six yards shy of 200 receiving yards. That is huge for T. Higgins, who a lot of people started a write-off because Jamar Chase was going off and they didn't like what he was doing. But that was silly because he has been great for probably the second half of this stretch of fantasy here. Let's talk about Joe Burrow. 80.4 completion percentage. I don't think that was talked about enough. Everybody talks about the high yardage. Everybody talks about the touchdown passes. Joe Burrow completing 80 plus percent of his passes in this one was awesome. Again, four touchdowns, 525 passing yards. Seems pretty good too. If we look at this offense in general, 17.5 plus fantasy points for all of these guys. Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Joe Burrow. That is great. That is great. That means that this offense gives you vibes of like Tampa Bay when they were all healthy, where we had like five, six guys scoring great for fantasy good signs for dynasty, uh, before this, before this though, this game, uh, five games above 20 fantasy points for Burrow and four under 13. So I think one of the points I want to make for this is that if Joe Burrow finds his consistency, I'm not going to say he's going to score, you know, 500 plus passing yards in, in all of his, uh, his outings, or he's going to throw for four touchdowns every week, but if he can find some consistency, I think that he is going to be a a guy that has a massive jump in dynasty. And he should, I mean, T Higgins and Jamar chase in this offense, Tyler Boyd is not a dud. Tyler Boyd is a stud wide receiver. This is a great core. So if Joe Burrow can find consistency for fantasy, looking at dynasty leagues, this is a guy you are going to want to have on your team because you know that the the passing upside for touchdowns and, and yardage is going to be there. And they have Joe Mixon, who's a, a good runner as well. So I think consistency is going to be key. But I think this, this game just gives you dynasty implications altogether. Go to Cleveland now. Hung the Nick Chubb jersey up, and it uh, was some good luck. But uh, Nick Chubb is the only brown, is the... The only Brown to play in week 16. Looking at this game, 126 rushing yards for Nick uh, Chubb in a touchdown. This was the fourth time he has been over 120 rushing yards, and he missed a few games. So, I mean, we we know that he is a great runner. Uh, We know that he gets the touches. You know, Kareem Hunt's not in this mix right now. It's probably to Nick Chubb's benefit. Uh, Obviously, we don't want to talk about... Player injuries benefiting others, but it means that his uh, his uh, his touches are probably going to be higher than than usual. But Nick Chubb's an awesome runner, and I think he is the only guy though in this offense you want to trust in Week 16. Everybody else in this offense was under 11 fantasy points. And when we look at what happened, four interceptions and under 60 percent completion percentage for Baker Mayfield that limits everybody. When your quarterback is turning over the ball, when your quarterback is not consistently hitting his passes. I mean you can say this guy dropped this and this guy dropped that. Baker's play limits the rest of the offense. I I played Donovan Peoples Jones and it probably cost me a semifinal to go into the championship for a dynasty league. I took the shot thinking that he has a big play upside and he's had these bigger weeks and I was burned because Baker was horrible in it. Nick Chubb gets uh Pittsburgh in this next matchup. That is huge because We know that Pittsburgh, the last handful of weeks, we go back. I I talked about this on a video this week. We had Foreman. We had Dalvin Cook. We had Joe Mixon. We had the Lamar Freeman split. All those guys had a field day versus the Steelers defense, who is just being run over nonstop. Uh, CEH was my start of the week. He got hurt, but he had a good opportunity because the Pittsburgh Steelers defense has been terrible against the run the last handful of weeks. Let's go to Dallas. X bounce back was massive. We needed it. You know, Dak Prescott is a guy I questioned on Twitter. I said, can we even trust this guy after what he's done uh, recently? He had three straight games, Dak Prescott, before this, under 12 fantasy points. He comes out in this game, 31.3 fantasy points. So this was huge for Dak because he had a lot of down weeks. He's been performing under the expectation that we've all had for him, strictly for fantasy purposes. Uh, We know that the defense has stepped up. They can run the ball at times, and sometimes they don't need him to throw the ball 60 times, but we've we've missed this deck, and this Dak, 31.3 fantasy points, that was huge. We needed this deck. We needed to see this sign again. They play Arizona this week. It's going to be a tough matchup. We know that, you know, I just talked about the Bengals offense. They got great receivers, good quarterbacks. The same thing for the Cowboys. You got a great quarterback. You got the likes of Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup and Dalton Schultz has been good this year. There's a lot of good pieces of this offense, so we know that the ceiling is there. It just comes down to consistency. So hopefully this big week for Dak is a good sign for things to come in the championship round week 17. He plays the Cardinals. It's going to be a tougher matchup. Um, we're going to hope that they have to kind of lean on the passing game in this one. That would be uh, to the benefit of fantasy managers. Uh, Amari Cooper and Dalton Schultz highlighted this one. Both scored over 20 fantasy points. All right, we'll go to the Denver Bronco, and I'm going to say the Javante melvin Gordon split was terrible. All right, it's already frustrating enough that these guys are splitting work, but now we saw a game where neither one of the guys had 10 touches for one. Uh, Javante had nine, Melvin Gordon had eight. It was in Javante's favor by one touch, but it it wasn't enough. Uh, Javante was saved by a touchdown. Both of those guys rushed the ball terribly. Melvin Gordon had negative four yards, and Javante had 12 rushing yards. Um, I still have faith in Javante Williams against the Chargers. Uh, he scored. He continues to get some passing work. Um, I think that the, the matchup versus the Chargers should be a good one where... You know, he had a, a down week where he only scored 10 fantasy points. But, you know, we've seen plenty of signs through the weeks of the good that in the championship week, he, he's still he's still a guy you can play. And I'm thinking that unless your team is berated by injuries, that Javante Williams is a guy you probably were flexing anyways. But I, I still think that, you know, seeing those 20 plus fantasy weeks, we should have some faith in them. Uh, last note on Denver cut. I mean, if you need to make a roster de- uh, decision for redraft leagues, cut Sutton and Judy because neither one of those guys should be played. They just can't be played. It's been frustrating. I know a lot of people like Cortland Sutton. I really like Jerry Judy. Can't play either one of those guys. So if they're eating up a roster spot and it's just a redraft league, why why waste a spot on one of them? Go block a move for uh, your opponent in the championship if you are in it. All right, so we'll go to uh, the Detroit Lions. I'm going to say... Amon Ra equals set it and forget it, if I can spell it. Amon Ra St. Brown said it and forget it. You know, I, I posed the question and I, I'm guilty of it. I said, Amon Ra St. Brown this week, or are you going to play Josh Palmer? And my decision was Josh Palmer, which it didn't kill me completely because Palmer had. 15 fantasy points, but Amon Ra, yet another week, and he was awesome. And he's quarterback-proof, I guess, because Tim Boyle was under center, and it didn't matter. 26 fantasy points for Amon Ra St. Brown, the rookie. The last four games, he's had two games for 12 targets, two games for 11 targets. Back-to-back games with 90 and 91 receiving yards. He is awesome. He is going to be hard to trade for in dynasty, but in the off season, it might be a guy where things die down and people don't have this recency bias that you try to include him in a deal and try to go and get him. I don't think he is going to be the wide receiver one for the long run for Detroit, but I think if he does operate as the wide receiver two, he can be a solid, solid dynasty asset. Um, I, I think what we've seen consistently now for the last three weeks, just seeing good target share, good yardage, Good fantasy production. Amon Ross, St. Brown. I mean, he's a rookie in a in an offense that a lot of people continuously rip upon. Uh, he's a guy that I'd be looking to try to aim for in dynasty if you can. But again, it's try it's hard to trade for guys when they have these massive weeks and find some consistency. Green Bay team, I I gotta talk about him, even if I don't like him. All respect to them; they're going to playoffs. My question to them, though, that I typed out here, can we trust Alan Lazard as a flex now? And we've seen this before. We've had this question multiple times in the past. We've seen times where he gets the involvement and then, you know, he has an injury or uh, MVS has this weird week or he's like a stud. Um, but seeing the connection through time for him and Rogers, I think it's evident Rogers has in the past spoken up about Alan Lazard and said good things about him. Two out of three of his last games, he scored a touchdown. Good sign. Good sign. He's getting some looks in the end zone. Devonta Adams, I'm sure, is like quadruple covered at times in the end zone. Uh, Speaking of Adams, he is the king of wide receivers. He went off for 33.4 fantasy points in this one. He is the man. He is an absolute monster in everything you would ever want in a wide receiver. We get so caught up. I feel like we get so caught up in the Justin Jeffersons and the Jamar Chases of the worlds that are, young gun wide receivers, which we should, but like respect Devonte Adams and what he does. Like we should talk about Devonte Adams a lot more than we do. And I know you'll say, well, a lot of people do. I mean, everybody knows he's good. Everybody does know he's good, but does he get the same hype as these young guys? I don't know. This guy's a freaking baller, uh, but back to Alan Lazard. Can we trust him as a flex uh, solid matchup coming up for the Vikings? So I wonder if MVS, if he's back in the mix, I think he hit the COVID list. Will he be a big impact on Alan Lazard? I don't know, but I, I'm I'm seeing that Lazard again is getting the looks in the in the end zone. Uh, he he has a, a connection with uh, Aaron Rodgers. It's a plus matchup against the Viking secondary. Might be a guy we can trust. Probably a waiver wire move. All right, we'll go to Houston. I've seen other people talk about it, but what about Davis Mills, man? i say Davis Mills should be the QB1 in 2022 for the Houston Texans. And a lot of people will have some pushback and say, well, this isn't their guy. And they didn't plan on him being the guy. But you know what? He's been good. He's been good in some games. I mean, he just played this past weekend without one of my favorite players, Brandon Cooks. It was no problem. He had 77.8 for his completion percentage. He threw for 254 passing yards. He's had five touchdowns in his last three games. And this last week, he's throwing the ball to Chris Conley. And then rookies, Nico Collins and Brevin Jordan. I like Collins. I like Brevin Jordan. If that who is who a quarterback has to rely on, if it was anybody else, we'd probably be patting them on the back and saying, it's okay. You know, you don't have what you need set up for you. But Davis Mills, uh, two weeks ago, he went for 331 passing yards, two out of three of his last games. He's had 18 and change fantasy points. So um, he's been decent. He's been decent. So, Maybe it's more of a question mark. Is Davis Mills the QB one for the Texans in 2022? It's not Deshaun Watson. Could it be Davis Mills? Could they build around him? I'm not saying he is the most elite of quarterbacks, but this guy is doing it under terrible circumstances. So I think he deserves, I think he deserves a shot. Um, They're going to have picks. They're going to have some, some money to play with. Uh, Do they build in other areas? Because we always focus on the quarterback position for bad teams But bad teams have holes in many, many places. And I think we need to sometimes look at the bigger picture when it comes to uh, wide receivers. uh, I'm sorry, uh, quarterbacks and uh, building teams. All right, we'll go to the Indianapolis Colts. Colts. I'm going to say Michael Pittman Jr. victory lap. And I'm not going to say that I'm the only person that's talked about Michael Pittman Jr. I'm not. And I'm not going to say that I think he... You know, I've seen debates on Twitter. I'm not going to say he is now a top 10 dynasty wide receiver. I'm not even going to go and stretch to that far. But Michael Pittman Jr. is the guy I talked about on a podcast recently. Uh, I hosted two guests, and I said I got some pushback. I think from one of them, I said I'm not worried about him because he had a down week. And my question to to those guys was, who is a player who had a down week that you are not worried about? And I said Michael Pittman Jr. and then. One of them said, no, he's on my fade list for the rest of the season. But let's look at his recent games. 17 fantasy points in week 13. The next week he got ejected. I'm scratching that one. He shouldn't have got ejected. He had five targets in that game. Wasn't really doing much, but he got ejected. He had to leave early. Uh, So 17 in week 13. And then 16.5 this week, uh, 12-target game. This was his third game with exactly 12 targets and fifth game this season with 10-plus targets. What that means to me is that this offense feels that Michael Pittman Jr. is a big piece of it. And I know that Jonathan Taylor is an MVP candidate this year. Um, it's funny because he didn't have a good fantasy week, so we think he you know, had a bad game, but he still rushed for over 100 uh, yards on the ground. But uh, this team, if this team wants to compete this year, the Colts, and they have looked pretty good lately, they need to be able to do both. Their whole game cannot be... You know, Jonathan Taylor, hopefully three touchdowns in this one. And I think the fact that Michael Pittman Jr. Through the air has had some nice weeks shows signs that one, he's important to this offense. And two, I mean, he's, he's had plenty of good games this season. So I, I'm, I'm sticking with him in the championship week because again, we just saw another game with 12 targets, uh, another game with fantasy production, um, He's a big piece of this offense, and I think that he deserves a little bit more props than he, he he's gotten this season. All right, we'll move over to Jacksonville, which this is going to be a a sad quick hitter, but you got, your heart's got to break for James Robinson. Uh, torn Achilles, the guy had to watch his organization draft another running back after he had a massive year with his opportunity he had last season. Uh, He comes in, you know, Etienne had the season-ending injury. James Robinson comes in, he has some nice games, and then, you know, he falls out of uh, the trust of the system. Uh, Urban Meyer is gone, but he was absolutely terrible for what he was doing with his offense. He didn't even know what the hell was going on half the time. Um, Seeing that James Robinson had that that game this past week where he was getting a ton of, of work. He just escaped Urban Meyer. And then he has a juicy matchup against the, the jets. Um, it, your heart's got to break for the guy. I mean, it, it's, it's terrible. You don't want to see anybody get injured, but seeing the roller coaster that this guy has gone through this season, uh, you really have to feel for the guy um, Darren. And I'm going to say it wrong. I put OG that's uh, his initials on my, uh, my shared screen here, but Dare uh, Ugambowale, so I'm going to just call him Dare here, Uh, had a good day, 17 carries, he had two catches, he scored, he had 15.2 fantasy points, he's probably the next guy up uh, in the system, I don't know what's up with Hyde, if he's done or if he's injured, I'm not interested in the backfield, um, in all honesty, against the Patriots, I think the Patriots are going to want Trevor Lawrence to throw the ball on them because he's been pretty awful this season. Uh, so I think that the Patriots are going to game plan around making Lawrence have errors in this one. I don't have a lot of faith in whoever ends up being the backup. I'm sure it'll be a waiver wire move for a lot of people, but you know, maybe it's a move that you're doing just so your opponent doesn't have an extra running back. Uh, that might be the thing. All right. Kansas city. One week wonder. I'm going to say. Ingle over. Ardman. I think these like aspirations for uh, Mikael Hardman to be a thing in dynasty at some point need to like go out the window because you know anytime, so many times we feel he has an opportunity to do something and he just doesn't have much of a game and then he'll go six weeks of under ten fantasy points and then he'll have that random like eighteen point game and with Travis Kelsey out, who was the who was the guy that stepped up? Byron Pringle. He had seven targets. He he caught six of them. Two of those were touchdowns. He had 25.5 fantasy points. Deep league guy. If you played him for whatever reason, he was huge. Uh, Kelsey should be back. Tyreek Hill had a terrible day, but he just cleared uh, COVID protocols for the week. One week wonder. So I'm not paying too much attention to uh, what he did in this one uh, or overthinking this whole situation. He's not going to make my waiver wire article or uh, I'm sorry, video. All right. So, Charger, I'm going to say, Josh. Palmer, be a dynasty target. I think, um, you know, I'm talking a little bit of redraft, uh, preparing for this next week, talk a little bit of dynasty here because we are finishing up the season, but Josh Palmer, when given the opportunity has been good, has been good. Uh, do want to shout out Justin Jackson, uh, going nuts in this game, two rushing touchdowns, eight catches, 34.2 fantasy points. He probably helped you win your fantasy week if you did play him because that performance was huge. So Josh Palmer, though, going back to Josh Palmer, you know, I don't want to dive too much into Justin Jackson because if Austin Eckler is back, he's taking the back seat. But Josh Palmer, 17.6 and 15.3 fantasy points in weeks 14 and 16 when given the opportunity. So we know this past game, there was no Mike Williams. There was no Jalen Guyton you still have to make the plays. You still have to make the plays. He's had two touchdowns in his last three games. Uh, His two good games, he had seven and six targets. So give the guy the opportunity and he capitalizes and he looks good on the field. So he's a guy that is kind of behind the eight ball because he has other guys in front of him right now. But when given the chance, Josh Palmer has been good. And I think that's a good sign for a rookie. And I don't think his price for dynasty is massive. And, you know, Keenan Allen is not the youngest of guys. Mike Williams is so up and down. Jalen Guyton does a lot of running around, and you know, occasionally catches a deep target. Josh Palmer, being tied to Justin Herbert down the road, might be somebody that uh, I'd be trying to aim for in the off season. Not right now, after a, a decent week, but somewhere down the road in the off season. All right, we'll go to the Rams. Sony Michelle. Sony Michelle might have been the uh, the key to some victories. Uh, this week and maybe next week, seeing that Henderson suffered a knee sprain in this one. So Sonya Michelle in this Rams offense without Henderson should be in all lineups in all lineups in week 17 for the fantasy playoffs. So Michelle, here's his last handful of games. And he he might be a key part of some winning teams right now. 21.9, 7.9. So not that good. 13.5. That's a fine flex. And 20.5. So two out of his last four games, he's had twenty plus fantasy points. The Rams' offense obviously is a good one. He's going to be in good spots to score often. The last two games, we got to look at what he's averaged too, though five point one and four point nine average yards per uh, per carry. There, uh, that's a good sign. He's running the ball well. Uh, he looks good, and there's been some games where he actually got some passing work, which is something we never thought we'd see for Sony Michel, but is uh, but is actually a thing. So, seeing him uh, perform the way he has lately, he might be uh, key to some victories here. Uh, moving forward. And if you have them, you're playing them right. Las Vegas. I'm going to say, let's, I got OCD when it comes to making sure things look good. All right, there we go. So Josh Jacobs, I'm going to say fantasy score does not tell the story. So Josh Jacobs in this last one, you look at his fantasy production for the week, 11.4 fantasy points. You say it's under his projection, nothing special, probably didn't help you too much. But if you look what he did in this game, 27 attempts for 129 rushing yards. So he ran the ball a shit ton, which is great for a running back. He had 129 rushing yards. Barber stole a touchdown, which was frustrating because at six points to his score, and it was a great week for Josh Jacobs. Um, He literally carried the offense all the way down the field. And then, they gave the ball to uh, Peyton Barber and said, uh, hey, you, you can have the touchdown. So he got the uh, the icing on the cake that Josh Jacobs uh, baked, if we're going to make some cool metaphors here. um, Coming up, the Colts are not the easiest of matchups for Jacobs, um, but one thing I like about Josh Jacobs right now is he looks healthy. He's a guy that's always banged up. Uh, he, He's a guy that's been – I'm not going to say always banged up. I'm going to say he's a guy that's dealt with a lot of injuries that have lingered this season, but he looks healthy right now. I think he's running the ball well. Uh seeing 28 touches in this past game was a great sign because, you know, the Raiders have had a load of complexities that have hit their organization between, you know, the Henry Ruggs incident and Darren Waller being injured and the coaching uh, turnover. But Josh Jacobs is a guy that is without Kenyon Drake and he's a guy getting a lot of touches. So it might not be the most consistent, but I think he he looks healthy for one. And then for two I think that uh, seeing him run the ball well, I mean, he's maybe, you know, two catches and a score away from having a top five week this week. So we have to make sure that when we look at production, we have to look at the bigger picture. Because, again, if we only look at 11.4 fantasy points and we say, well, you know, I don't know if I want to play this guy, probably doesn't make a ton of sense because he ran the ball pretty well. He was just missing some, some small things that can change in this coming week. Minnesota, I'm going to say add KJ Osborne off of the waiver wire. So KJ Osborne, 29.6% rostered on ESPN. Thielen left the game injured once again. And it it was tough to watch that injury because Adam Thielen, he's got a ton of heart in the game. And you can just tell he's a competitor. He was infuriated that he got injured again. But I I think there's a chance he might be done for the season. Um, I'm not going to say that because I... I don't know, you know, don't have any knowledge, but if it's a if it's a high ankle sprain or something, he might be done for the fantasy season. I'll say, which is only one more week. So, regardless if he is or is not, pick up KJ Osborne because you can't wait until a guy is for sure not going to play to then make a move because you are one on one versus an opponent. He's only you know twenty nine point six percent rostered. This is the second time in three weeks. He has been in the 17-point range, and when you are looking for a flex play, if your flex scores 17 fantasy points, that gives you a nice cushion because most flex are probably only projected like 9 to 11 fantasy points. So if a guy is going to give you 17 potentially, and he scored above that this season, that's that's somebody I want in uh, my flex position. Three touchdowns in his last four games. If Thielen is out, he's a strong flex. So go and pick up K.J. Osborne off the, the waiver wire. All right, so for the Patriots, so New England, I'm going to say Harris is huge for week 16. Not sure what Ramondre Stevenson's status is going to be, but I have a feeling that the Patriots want to run with a hot hand. I feel like that's something we've seen in the past from Bill Belichick and this Patriots offense. Uh, 103 rushing yards and three touchdowns in this last game. I believe that the Patriots want to establish the run. I don't think that they game plan around Mac Jones winning them every week. So seeing Damian Harris carry the load, over 100 yards rushing, three touchdowns, they play the Jaguars this week. Damian Harris versus the Jaguars is massive for week 16. I think even if Ramondre Stevenson is 100%, they were missing other backs in the system. Um, but looking at that production, And looking at, you know, Mac Jones in this last game was highly inefficient. He had uh, 43.8 completion percentage, which is not good. So I'm thinking against the Jaguars. These guys are going to run the ball a ton. And Damian Harris might be one of the best plays in week 16. I'm sorry, in week 17. I got to fix that there. Week 17, I spelled week wrong, and then I had week, uh, week 16. So, again, Damian Harris, huge for week 17 after this massive week 16 game. New York Giants, I'm going to say tough. Sledding for Saquon Barkley, who, man, I guess it really just depends who you have on your team. You play this guy in this next game. I mean, Chicago... I'm not trying to be a homer, but Chicago is not the, I mean, it's, it's tough because Rashad, Rashad Penny just haven't had a massive day against Chicago It was the snow game, but I don't think they're the easiest of, of matchups uh, for running backs consistently, at least and Saquon Barkley, 11.7 uh, for Evan Ingram in, in his last game, the touchdown helped Everybody else was uh, was well under that mark. Everybody had a terrible day, uh, game, including Saquon Barkley. Every Giant was under nine fantasy points. He had 18.5 fantasy points in week 14. I thought that might have been a turning point for Saquon Barkley. The last two games, 9.4 and 3.8 fantasy points. That really hurts. That really hurts your fantasy team because not being able to score... Fifteen points for Sony. That probably was your running back. One is a, is is a real real killer at times. He's only had you only had one catch in this game too. A um, couple of weeks ago, uh, he had a, a bunch of catches. So you would like for him to keep trending in the right direction, but I'm having a tough time trusting Saquon Barkley in the fantasy championships. And again, I mean, if you are juggling Saquon Barkley and Duke Johnson, I mean, it's probably Saquon Barkley or Saquon Barkley and Dare. Ogumbawale, I mean, it's probably Saquon Barkley, but depending on your team, if 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 you have pivoted and you picked up like a, a Patterson early on and you have some other guys that uh, you're deep in the position, he might be a guy that I'm, I'm not taking that chance on right now just because he's been bad the last two games. And, and what stands out to me, 3.3 and 2.1 average yards per carry the last two games. That's terrible. Go to the Jets. Got to throw in some, some positive, uh, positive words here for Zach Wilson, who I've not been a big fan of. But best fantasy outing yet for Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson, four carries for 91 yards and a touchdown. He had that huge run where he was like going to go out of bounds. Or no, he like looked like he was going down, and then he looked like he was going to go out of bounds, and then he ran for the touchdown. Looks good. He uh, He threw a touchdown as well. 23.18 was his best fantasy outing this year. Uh yeah, twenty-one point zero four in week thirteen. So a couple weeks ago, he uh, also had a pretty pretty good game. Won't trust him this year. I'm not going to trust him, even probably in super flex leagues, uh, because we've seen way more bad than good. But um, I'd say seeing him have a good day. I mean, he he ran the ball. The the rushing touchdowns really what gave him a lot of points. But seeing him have a good day with. No Elijah Moore, no Corey Davis, no Jamison Crowder. I think we got to give him some credit here because he literally had nobody to throw the ball to. I think Braxton Berrios was out there and then some other guys I probably can't even mention. All right, so Philly. I'm going to say Devonta Smith needs to keep building on this game. Devonta Smith, uh, before this game, He had four weeks in a row under 11 fantasy points, which to me, for a wide receiver you expect to have some upside, was a terrible sign. 19 fantasy points, though, and he scored in this one. He had 80 receiving yards. This was the fifth time this year that Devonta Smith has had 19-plus fantasy points. Um, Frustrating because we've seen a lot of good games. We've seen some games where he's had good targets. Uh, and then we we see games where he has like four targets and he has a terrible week. So I'm hoping that he builds on this game because the next game, the matchup is great. They have Washington in the next game. Um, it's a plus matchup for him. I think seeing this good game, I might just roll the dice and say, hey, two good weeks out of Devonta Smith, seeing that it's Washington up next and I think he should be due for another another big day. Next on the list, Pittsburgh. So uh Deontay Johnson, I'm gonna say, has cooled off. I'm not worried. So some people would say, you know, you should be worried. Uh he's had three games in a row that have been below what we expect from him. But he sees targets nonstop. I mean, the guy this season, uh, he's had six games with 18 plus fantasy points. He has great targets on a weekly basis. He's at 10 games of 10 plus targets. Don't get cute with your championship team with Deontay Johnson, because the last three weeks, 15.3, 9.8, 15.1. I don't think people are going to bench him, but I think people are like now concerned because, you know, big Ben has struggled and they don't look great. I mean, big Ben did struggle in this game versus the chiefs defense, but we just saw four weeks ago, Deontay Johnson had a 30.5 fantasy week. And I think for the wide receiver position, he checks the number one box. That's important to me, and that's consistent targets. In seeing 10 games of 10-plus targets, that's all I need to hear because he's had so many good games this season. Don't stress about Deontay Johnson. Don't um, don't sell him for the low or anything at Dynasty right now if you are not competing because you are worried about Big Ben because I think there's a good chance that the quarterback situation, the offensive line, Gets better, and I think people need to start realizing that. All right, so Seattle. I'm say DK Metcalf continues to go in the wrong, the wrong direction, and I'll say plus Penny is a stud. So Penny was a stud in this one. We'll talk about him in a second, but DK Metcalf, he had 12.1 fantasy points in this game. Which was terribly frustrating because he had that huge catch so early in the game, which was most of his fantasy points. He only had two catches in this whole game. He had that huge play, and I thought to myself after that, I said, today is the day versus my Chicago Bears. DK Metcalf is going to have himself a day. Because when you score a huge touchdown like that early on in the game, it just paves the road for a huge day. And he only had two catches in this whole game. It's frustrating. It's frustrating. He had five targets in this game. He had 12 the game prior. Um, This was his highest score in seven games now. So DK Metcalf's best fantasy score in seven games has been 12.1. It's been frustrating, man, because I feel like like Russell Wilson has started to play better than when he first came back from the injury. I feel like we know that DK Metcalf – is a monster, you know, of an athlete and he can have these huge games, but seven games though of being just below average. It's been frustrating. He's been for, for for me, my most frustrating player that I roster, I think, is DK Metcalf. Um opposite side uh of the spectrum here, Penny was great in this one. Um you you'd hope you'd hope that uh after a down week, you know, he would bounce back, I guess. I think DJ Dallas was better last week. But in this one, uh, 135 yards for for uh, for Penny. He had a touchdown. He had 19.5 fantasy points. He had a down week. The week before that, he had 26.8 fantasy points. So two out of three of his last games, he has been awesome. Um, I probably whiffed on some advice for him this week because I was concerned about the touches and the consistency in the backfield. But looking at his next game, he is another guy that is going to have one of the best matchups for championship teams in this coming week. He gets Detroit. He gets the uh, Detroit lions who give up a ton of points to running backs. So Penny may just be part of a lot of people's championships, rosters coming this week. Uh, We'll see about DK, if he can do anything against Detroit, but uh, it's looking like they can lean on Penny, I, I, I guess. All right, so whoever, I'm going to say whoever the running back starter is for 49ers equals huge week. So this is interesting. Um, I'm curious to see how this goes because uh, we're looking at Jeff Wilson Jr. We saw back in week 12 when Mitchell came back. Jeff Wilson went from 19 carries when Mitchell was out, down to two. So it was the same sort of situation like uh, Dave Montgomery and Khalil Herbert. Dave Montgomery missed time. Khalil Herbert was getting tons and tons of work. And then when David Montgomery was back, Khalil Herbert was was out of the mix. He barely got any work. So I'm wondering what it's going to be like if Elijah Mitchell comes back Did Jeff Wilson earn himself some, some, some touches here because, uh, you know, looking at his last two games, 19.9 fantasy points and 14.7 fantasy points, um, Houston is a huge matchup. You know, you want, you want the lead back for the San Francisco 49ers against the Houston Texans concern for me though, is going to be, you know, I'm going to kind of put this on the notes here. Is it going to be a split now? I mean, Jeff Wilson Jr. was coming off an injury. He looks healthy now. When he first came back, he didn't. He had a knee, you know, swell up uh, the one week. You know, will Mitchell even be back? I think if Jeff Wilson Jr. is by himself in this one, it's a clear play. If Mitchell's back, I'd still think that they're going to roll with Mitchell as the lead back um, in this one. But I'm 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 hoping that we have some clarity into this week because this is a good matchup for whoever's going to get the most of the work here. So hopefully we'll get some clarity on uh, who for the, the 49ers will carry most of the load versus the Houston Texans. Almost done here. So Tennessee, Tennessee. Oh, you know, we'll go to Tampa Bay first. I guess they come first. AB, I'm going to say was worth the stash. Also say it's a learning point. So Antonio Brown, I mean he missed tons and tons and tons of games, right? Uh he he had 16 I'm sorry, let me see. It's his first time playing since week 6. He had 10 catches for 101 receiving yards on 15 targets, 20.1 fantasy points. 15 targets from Tom Brady is massive for whoever it is. We know that Chris Godwin is done for the season with the the ACL. Mike Evans was out of this game as well with the hamstring injury. If you held on to Antonio Brown through all of these games, he did not play in. I mean, it's the first time he's played since week six. It was worth it. And, and, you know, we look back to those games where he was healthy. uh, Three out of five of those performances before he missed the time. He was above 23 fantasy points. The Brady connection is real. 15 targets says everything you needed to know. So I think it might be a learning point that, if you have the ability to stash a guy that has gone off, that it's well worth it down the road in redraft. Uh, you know, it's not not a dynasty topic really, but um, a lot of people cut ties with uh, Antonio Brown. I think I might have been on the fence about it myself before when it came to uh, giving advice because sometimes you couldn't wait until week sixteen because if you didn't win the games leading up to week sixteen, it didn't matter if you held on to him. But if your team could afford it and you did. Now you got a guy that can really, really give your team a push. And now they get the Jets next week. This is a huge game for Antonio Brown. He's probably a top 10 receiver in this game. If Mike Evans is back, he's probably close. He's probably like a top 12. Uh, Huge day for AB. And it's a learning point that if you can hold on to a guy and redraft, if your team can afford it, may just be worth it. All right, Tennessee, AJ Brown is back. And that is an understatement. So what many people say about AJ Brown for dynasty leagues, he went out and showed why a lot of that is accurate. Uh, AJ Brown, 16 targets immediately after missing three games, he caught 11 passes. He had a touchdown, 145 receiving yards, 31.5 fantasy points. So, this is what we expect. This is what we want out of A.J. Brown. We want him to come out. We want him to bust open the field. We want him to stretch the field, get all the yardage, score, get 30 you know, fantasy points. I mean, everything you wanted out of him, he did for you in this game. Uh, he has Miami next week. Have the confidence in him that he is going to give you everything you want. I mean, as long as he is healthy, I mean, we look at the rest of the receivers. Let's just look for fantasy purposes. The next best receiver for fantasy was uh, Westbrook-Akinney, and he had 5.8 fantasy points. So a healthy A.J. Brown is a massive, massive, massive piece of fantasy rosters, and you know what everybody wants him to do, he he did in this game, so that was a great sign. Last one we'll talk about, Gary McLaurin. Are we out? I mean, if you have him on your team right now, and you are going to the championship, are you out? Three catches, five straight games under 10 fantasy points. Five out of six of his last games, he's been under 12 fantasy points. You know, Philly looks like a good matchup on paper, but in this game, they had two different quarterbacks play. They had Taylor Heineke, who was terrible. He's awful. And then they had Kyle Allen come and play. And I don't think either guy is is what is going to help your Terry McLaurin stocks right now. Um, do we take a shot on somebody else to be a flex play instead of Terry McLaurin at this point? Again, I'll read it off again, five straight games under 10 fantasy points, five out of six of his last games. He's been under 12 fantasy points. This is, this has been terrible, uh, because we, we see him as a talented wide receiver, you know, maybe not 150% of it is on, uh, the quarterback. Maybe he has to up his game a little bit, but it's, it's still, it's just the situation is not great. The targets are not consistent. Um, his production has been awful. So I'm wondering if you have the cushion in your fantasy championship next week, is he a guy that has to go to your bench because these games lately have done nothing for you. And I think you are chasing points at this, at this time for something he's done. Like, I don't know, five, four, five weeks ago, he did it once. And then before that, maybe like seven, eight weeks ago, I I don't have it in front of me, but he has been uh disappointing, um, to say the least. So. Again, went through every single one of the uh the teams that played. I talked for too long. I'm hoarse. You know, I'm coming off of COVID still. Uh talk for an hour by myself. But if you are making it to the fantasy championships, good luck, man. That is awesome. That is awesome. Uh, it's competitive. I know that's what everybody's goal is at the end of the day. I myself, it really depends on what happens today. I am for sure in one. Uh, and then I have two that I'm for sure not in. And then there's three that I have some sort of shot in, I think three or four. So at the end of the day, I could be in four finals or in just one. It's just fantasy. It's been such a crazy ride. Uh, At me on Twitter, at me on Twitter. Um, Anytime you want some uh, starts and sits for this coming week, even if you're playing for the third place game or something like that, uh, I'm always quick to help people. Uh, We all swing and miss, but I'll, I'll give you my advice for that. Um, I'm off for work this week. I expect a lot of content. So if you guys listen to this, you know, in your cars uh, from iTunes or Spotify, um, thank you for tuning in. Uh, you can check this video out on YouTube if you want to see the actual slides of what I was typing. That's why, you know, it was delayed on each team. Uh, if you listen to this on Twitter live or YouTube, props to you guys, man. Uh, again, I'm here if you guys want to shoot um, any sort of questions my way, but uh, good luck and uh, let's let's finish this thing. Let's get some ships, guys.